Hey, Bill. Hey, Glenn. How's it going? Good, Bill. Lou's here. Hey, Coach. You were jumping into a question, we have none, none of us have abandoned ship. <laughs> we're all here still. Uh, I want to start with a um, 2-5 record, and you've been in a couple of these situations down with an opportunity to win in the last possession. But if you go back in the course of the game, some of the things you weren't doing early on, a lot of unnecessary penalties, ball security on that last is killing you. Are you dealing with very little margin for error now, Bill, during the course of these games? Um, well, I think you always expect close games in the NFL. And, you know, we just got to do a better job than all 60 minutes of the game. Um, you know, we've had three games in the last minute that we've, you know, had been in position to win. But there's a lot of other things that we could have done along the way that would have would have made a difference, too. So we said we have to work on all of them, but certainly have to work on our uh, end-of-the-game stuff, too. Speaking of that, the decision at the end of the first half to uh, kick a field goal, you had uh, 12 seconds left, uh, plenty of time to take a shot into the end zone, but you decided to kick the field goal on third and one. Uh, what went into that decision to kick the field goal instead of trying to push the football down into the end zone? Yeah, well, we tried to do that the play before, and, you know, they were – didn't look like there was going to be a very good opportunity for that, so – one one of the things I was okay now, the you are in a similar situation um, against the Kansas City Chiefs uh, when Hoyer was playing, uh, no timeouts, ended up taking a sack and ended up going into the half going into halftime with no points. Did that experience have anything to do with your decision yesterday? Uh, no, not really. The Kansas City situation was a little bit, I think, it was a little bit different, but. Yeah, I mean, each, each situation is different. You know, the defense is different. And, you know, what what type of play, what you feel like you have available and so forth. But that just, yeah, I didn't feel like that was a high percentage play and want to make sure we got the points. Coach, the, uh, the onside kick there in the third quarter, um, I don't know if you heard some of those guys, I think it was Rodney Harris and Tony Dungy talking about it. Rodney said something about how, it was a lack of confidence in your defense by doing that onside kick. So um, wh- what went into that onside kick, and was that a lack of confidence in any, e- any side of the ball? No, we thought it was an opportunity to, you know, to make a play, and we just didn't, just didn't work out. Now, obviously, the, um, I'm sure you guys saw something in that front line. That guy must have been bailing. Um, but so the timing of it, um, do you regret the timing of it, or I guess the I guess my question is, was it worth the risk at that point in time, knowing that you had just stopped them the previous uh, set of downs when they were on offense, and then it kind of backfired on you a little bit when they ended up going forty five yards um, and scoring the risk reward? How do you kind of weigh that? You know, when you're making a tough decision like that, that's so risky. We all know anytime it doesn't work out that, you know, nobody's going to like it. So, I mean, we understand that. 
Bill, you had a conversation with Charlie Weiss on Sirius XM Radio, I believe, on Friday. We've all been playing it. Uh, and I thought you gave a candid assessment of where you are with this roster, citing the salary cap and the opt-outs and a reason for your lack of uh, depth. I don't ever remember uh, you in midseason sitting down and explaining the big-picture roster predicament uh, in public. So why are you doing it now? Is this different? Uh, just trying to get an. I mean, it's all pretty obvious. So that uh, was an honest answer to an honest question. That's no more, no less than that. But I'm sure you can read a lot into it if you want to. That wasn't the intent. But it it, it just is. I, I know you've done this in the off season and you've looked at it in the off season, but doing it in the middle of a season here when you're still playing games is there a purpose for actually? Explaining it to everybody right now. Seems pretty obvious to me. I don't. I don't know. What's What's the question? Well, I, well, I will say that. Um, I mean, w- what it sounds like is is a lot of excuses, like COVID excuses. You know, oh, things that you. things that you oh, haven't ever you. said before. No, it's not. I didn't say it was an excuse. I never said that. No, I didn't say you did. Well, then don't. Right. It's, I mean, look, we paid Cam million, uh, Cam Newton a million dollars. I mean, it's obvious we didn't have any money. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's, I mean, that's what we did the last five years. We sold out and won three Super Bowls, played in the fourth, and played in an AFC Championship game. You know, this year we had less to work with. It's not an excuse. It's just a fact. So was this based on all the moves and everything that has happened pretty much inevitable based on the way the contracts were going, the opt-outs, Brady leaving, you know, as far as, uh, you know, this the, the cap situation you guys were going, was this an inevitable situation that you were at, at, at some point in time going to have to deal with? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the structure of the league is the structure of the league. That's not going to change. Coach, you talk about like the depth. Uh, I think Charlie was talking about playing the young guys and how much. I know the cap situation is what it is. Like you said, you got some dead cap and you got to pay the piper at some point. But how much has the really, I guess, the lack of success the last four years or so in the draft affected that depth? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he was Charlie was talking about playing. Um, Young players, and I know with young players there is a, a learning curve, and it's something we're all looking at right now through all of this with the team. And we look at a guy like Chase Winovich. He's playing an awful lot early on. It looks like he's making some good plays. And then now we're seeing uh, his snaps are down. It was down to five in yesterday's game. So I want to ask you, is that a, re- a reflection of his play, or is it really more personnel-based and that you were facing the last couple of weeks run dominant offense. Yeah, there's no issues with Chase. Chase is Chase is a good player, and and he'll he'll play. It's some of it's scheme related and you know situation related, um, but he's you know Chase is a good player, and he'll I'm sure he'll play. Well, that's why I'm asking the question based on, you know, what you're facing 
with the offense because I think we look at stuff like this and you see it being cut down every single week and you're wondering if he's not doing what you expect of him. Yeah, and I think I just said some of it's based on our opponent and the game plan, some of it's situation-based in terms of, you know, score and situations in the game and what we anticipated, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way. So, so I mean, there, there's not it's not all bad. I mean, I know I, I would say that watching this game a couple times, there there are a lot of good things and things that you can build on. Um, a lot of younger guys, uh, you know, jumped off the screen. Jacoby Myers, um, he seems like he's a real reliable receiver, um, and I feel like Cam improved. You know, there was a you know a couple games where he struggled with a lack of practice. Um, did he exceed, you know, the improvement that you thought he was going to make based on the practice time? It seemed like there was a big jump from him throwing the ball and running the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think we, yeah, I mean, we, we did some things better yesterday. Um, and, you know, had some chances throughout the game that we could have taken better advantage of and, and so we came up a little short. Um, but there's certainly room for improvement from everybody. But, yeah, no, it's, it wasn't all bad. There was there were some positive things in the game. So we've got to try to build on those positives, keep doing those things well, and shore up the areas that, that need shored up. The other thing that kind of <laughs> stood out to me, and um, not to make light of it, but Adrian Phillips, when you guys signed him, did you – Tell him that did he know that he was going to be playing linebacker as much as he is? <laughs> I mean, I, I I wonder how long that guy's going to be able to hang, uh, just just to hold up. He's so tough, and he's in a lot of run situations. Is it, is it purely because of the fronts that the offense, the sub fronts, and that's so he's like the sub linebacker trying to figure out how that all works. Uh, well, again, that's. He's a good football player. He's an instinctive player. Um, like you said, he is tough, and he's a pretty good tackler and plays pretty well around the line of scrimmage. So given a couple of the situations that we've been in, um, you know, he's stepped in there and, you know, done played pretty competitively for us. Is is that kind of where the that position is going? Um you know, they used to have those big, giant inside linebackers. Obviously, the offenses are changing, and linebackers need to run a lot more. Are you forced to kind of have a more of a hybrid guy in that position as opposed to your old-school, like, you know, thumpers that used to kind of be the either the will, the backside linebacker? Is that kind of where we're headed here with, with that position? Well, I mean, against a team like Buffalo, that's, plays the whole game in 10 and 11 personnel. Um, it's, you know, you, the matchups are a little bit different than I think they are in some of the, I don't know, maybe years that you're referring to. Coach, trade deadline is tomorrow. I'm just curious how is yesterday's results in that game? It's a spot where you're, I don't think you guys have ever been here in 25, 20 years, whatever, but does yesterday's results play a role in how active you will be in the next 24 hours? No, I don't think so. Is there more of a, I mean, it's just, you look at your team, you know, you've always tried to add pieces. Is, would there be a focus on 
I don't know, maybe helping this team maybe down the road more, say, than, than this year? I think we always are trying to help our team any way we can. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't really see that being any different. If you can help your team, try to help it. We got an opportunity to see um, Josh Uche yesterday, and he made a couple of big plays, including that stop on Josh Allen um, in the third quarter. What was your take on what you saw from him? Um, yeah, well, it was good to get Josh back. Uh, you know, he's he's missed a few weeks, but it's good to get him back and see him on the practice field and give him a chance to play. Um, you know, there were some good things. Uh, there are some things he can learn from, and will learn from, but, you know, Josh works hard and he's gotten a lot better. He's aggressive. Um, so we'll see see how it goes. You know, Coach, so the Jets are going to play the Jets, obviously, uh, and they're obviously winless, but I have a, I have a strong feeling um, we're probably missing something with them as far as uh, what they're capable of doing. Um, because I would look at a team, and before I even looked at the scouting report, and you know, have a tendency just based on human nature to say, "Ah, oh, they're not worth anything." What what, what do they do well, and uh, where do you think you guys are going to need to focus your energy on when you play the Jets? Uh, well, the Jets are a, I mean, they're a young team. Um, they're, I think they've improved a lot from last year and over the course of this year. Um, the quarterbacks I don't know the year of experience um, you know the tight end backs run hard left tackles looks like he's a big time player um, run and pass you know they're they're very aggressive on defense uh, like they always are with Coach Williams and good amount of um, pressure and blitzing and Stunning and so forth. It causes a lot of negative and disruptive plays, but you know they don't really they don't give up a lot of big plays um, schematically. So you know we're gonna have to play a good you know good solid football game in all three areas, um, and I think the competitiveness and toughness of of this team has shown up every week. You know they they're a uh, you know, a scrappy, hard-nosed team. And, you know, Coach Gase is always a great game plan coach. He presents a lot of problems every week for the defense schematically and can stress, you know, stress your, your schemes against them. Um, and so that'll be a, a challenge for us. And, and just playing with the consistency that we need to play with is, I mean, that's, That'll be a big part of it for us, too. Coach, I know you were talking about uh, Cam Newton, your quarterback situation. You're sticking with him. He's your quarterback. My question is more about Jared Stidham. Do you guys you still feel, I guess, the same way you felt about him as you did in the offseason? Yeah, well, Jared's, Jared's um, improved a lot from last year. Um, he's a much, much better player than he was last year, and... So I just want him to continue to, to track in that positive direction and you know, just see see how it goes. I just saw that um, 
you had made some mention of Bo Allen would not be coming back. Is that true? Yes, that's true. And so he's done for the year? Well, he started practicing last week. You know, so this last week was the second week on injury reserve, and um, he had an injury in practice, so he we won't be we wouldn't activate him. So he he won't play this year. So you had a couple guys beaten up on your defensive front. Um, is there a personnel issue this week with the training deadline tomorrow? Could you be interested in acquiring somebody? Yeah, I don't really know what that what that would entail. So that that'd be something. Um, like I said, we really have to talk to the personnel people about that. But um, you know, we'll we'll see where we are. You know, guys came in today. We'll see where everybody is here this afternoon after we get the um, you know get a look at everybody in the training room and and see where they are twenty four hours after the game and then. Um, and start making our plans from there. You know, estimate where they'll be on Sunday, but and start making our plans from there. Coach, I don't know if you've heard some of the comments. Mohamed Sanu was talking about his, his time here and just was talking about how complicated or complex this this playbook was. Um, and I'm I'm just curious: is that something that um, you've heard before from from players? Do you feel like your playbook is that complicated where guys can't handle that? I mean, look, we like our. I don't. I don't feel like our job is to compare ourselves with any other team or any other organization. Like that's not what we do. We try to do what's best for our team. Try to put our team in the most competitive position we can, and go out and you know perform to the highest level we can every each and every Sunday. And that's what our goals are here. So, what what other teams do or don't do is their decision and it's you know the organization the choices of those organizations and i'm not going to be critical of them or not be critical of them it's it's really irrelevant to me what's what's relevant to me is what we do and how we feel it's best to you know best for the new england patriots to play to try to win so that's what we're going to do Christian said the uh, the scheme and the plays were really easy, and we know he's a dope. We know he's dumb, so I can't believe it's that difficult, right? That's the longest pause of the, of the night. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let Christian handle that one. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. This is a, this is Glenn's attempt at. Oh, I love Christian. All right, let me I'm get kidding. to the end of this. Let me get to the end of this. Yeah. Right, you dope. All right, this is the question of the week. All right, Coach. Um, when was the last concert you went to? What was the last concert that you actually bought a ticket for and watched in the stands? I think we all have a guess what it is, but I feel like it was too easy. I thought maybe there'd be somebody else other than Bon Jovi. Other than Bon Jovi. <laughs> Abba. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Christian... When I've seen John play, I haven't had to buy a ticket. No, oh, wow. it's like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Name dropping. All right. I've always taken pretty good care of me, and and again, to be honest with you, the the concerts that I've seen here at Gillette Stadium, um, Mr. Kraft has done the same thing. He's given me the opportunity to uh, view them without having to um, buy a ticket at the 
box office, so which I really appreciate, which there's been a lot of groups here. So I would guess that, okay, I was getting a, oh. a little too tight. So what was the oh. last concert that you saw, paid or comped? So in terms of buying tickets and all that, um, you know, so I would say the last, uh, you know, the last one, the, the concerts that I've been to most recently that I think would fall into the category that you're asking would be um, probably in Nashville, um, John Stone uh, playing at um, playing at Kid Rock's bar or or uh, in Leper's Fork. Um, is he a John Stone uh, as a country singer? Where they, where they have the, uh, you know, they have like, um, writers' night and newcomers' night, and you know, different artists come in there. So I'd say it would be the probably the Nashville scene. You can uh, go up and down Broadway. You can go up and down Broadway, right, to all of those different bars, and from one bar to the next, see the most unbelievable talent. Unbelievable pop-up concerts. Oh yes. Well, Glenn, you, you, yeah, you're right. You don't even have to go uh, up and down the street you could just go to tootsies and go from one yeah. floor to the next yeah, and and see it on the first second and third floor so yeah you you could not even leave the not even leave the building and you know it's a new new group every hour so yeah i would say in terms of that it would be the you know the the nashville scene um you know puckets and lepers for um john stone at kid rock and then a variety of groups at um, at Tootsie's. Uh, so yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm betting that John Stone's pretty, uh, pretty long pretty long answer there. Yeah, you. no, it's I, I've never heard of him before, but I bet his his music's probably going off the shelves. Everybody's looking up John Stone, and, and, they're, and they're thinking it's something from the Game of Thrones, not that John Stone. <laughs> John Snow, but anyways. Well, John. Well, John Stone played for. Um, he he played for Kid Rock, you know, when, like, when Kid did his thing, you know, like, uh, you know, he gave us, you know, Kid has his parties and stuff down there and all that. So, you know, it's, it's one of one of Kid's musicians. Um, so we got, got, to know, got to know him there. And, and uh, but John's a, you know, he's a pretty, you know, I'd say local, pretty big local guy there in Nashville. Not at the level of Kid Rock and, you know, Kenny Chesney and P. I'm not saying at that level, but, you know, he's still a pretty, you know, pretty, pretty big guy down there. Well, there you go. How about this? We're going to play you out with John Stone. Not John Snow. John Stone. I like it. I like the country. Oh, this is perfect scene. for you, Lou. Nice. Oh, Nash- what a great town Nashville is, isn't it? It's a Monday night football game next week against the Jets down there in Jersey. Bill, we'll talk to you Tuesday. Have a good week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it.